and the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today's Gospel is relevant for us on many levels, not just with the fast, but in some of the things that we're seeing in the Church today. Humanity, ever since we were formed, we've always liked to have some form of, of expression, right? Every culture comes up with a way to show something that they think or that they they feel. When we look at the creation of Adam and Eve, we're not told of any system that God put for them other than don't touch this thing. Other than that, there was nothing. He just said, till the earth subdue it, this is yours. And that was it. But we see before, within a few chapters in, that mankind had already started to develop traditions. Right? We see with Cain and Abel that they thought to give an offering to God. But there was no record, there's nothing written that said that God said, I want you to give me stuff. Right? It was something that they they wanted to do. And maybe Adam and Eve taught them that, I don't know, right? But they, they received it from somewhere. And we found different ways of expressing things, right? We have handshakes in the West, right? In the Old Testament, we see that it was different. They would cut an animal in half, and they would they would make their covenants in that way, right? They used to, as a pledge, um, it seems foreign and weird to us as modern readers, where they would say, um, put your hand under my thigh and vow to me, right? Which wasn't really his thigh, it was actually under the genitals. And it was a symbol of the seed of man. It was saying, I swear by my offspring, um, which was the highest level um, of oath that it would be. Um, so there was things that people did to express things. These are traditions or doctrines, right, of, of, of human beings. But as we strayed from absolute truth, Right? We, were, we were in need of knowing why we do things. We were, needed, we were in need of knowing what is an absolute or definite right and what is an absolute or definite wrong. And this is where God revealed to the Israelites, the people of God, the law. Right? And the law was there to show humanity the perfection or the dogmas, the doctrines of God. Right, of saying that, no, I'm not okay with fornication, I'm not okay with theft, I'm not okay with envy, I'm not okay with strife. I'm not, these are all wrong. Not because you don't like them, but because they are intrinsically and totally wrong. And so, he set for them certain things that he revealed. So the doctrines of God are what we today would refer to as, as dogmas. Okay, these are the non-compromisable facets of our faith. Right, it's not up to us whether God is a trinity or not. It's not up to us whether God should like murder or not. It's not up to us to tell God what should be the moral compass. And we use dogmas as perimeters of anything we want to discuss. Okay, so let's say somebody wants to ask, um, is it okay for me to play the stock market? I'm, I'm not going to get into that. Okay, but there would be perimeters that we would use through dogma to to answer the question, right, of saying, okay, theft is, is wrong, okay, irresponsibility is wrong. We have definitive things that set for us a perimeter in which we can have the conversation. Without these absolutes, everybody becomes random, okay? But as humans, we tend to like systems over time, and we hate them at the same time, right? So we, we like things to have some level of order, 
But then as things become too complicated, then we tend to resist. We want to simplify things again. And this is what we see what happened with humanity, right? Is that man started to come up with different ways to honor God. Man, for example, invented fasting, right? God did not originally um, come down and say, here's how you're going to fast. You're going to remove these foods. You're going to do such and such things. That was something... He put us in a state of fasting by saying, don't touch certain things, right? But he didn't say, here's your, your list for fastings. God also never came and said, thou shalt wash your hands before thou shalt eat, right? There was never a commandment um, of any such thing. But human beings started to develop these traditions to express something. So to wash themselves is a sign of purification, right? To, to come together um, and follow rules of the Sabbath, God said, honor the Sabbath, don't work, right? But then humans said, well, how can we show that we honor the Sabbath, right? And they came up with their own lists of rules of ways to do it. This in and of itself isn't wrong, right? It isn't wrong for humans to develop a system. So long as it doesn't contradict absolute truth, it's not wrong. But what we see and what this gospel is about is that over time, we forget the point of a tradition. And over time, we start to worship the system instead of the meaning behind the system. And then we start to bind people, right, to follow the system. And this is the context in which we see that our Lord is, is coming in. The Jews here are upset, saying, how come your disciples are disobeying the tradition of the priests because they have not washed their hands. And God's response to them, our Lord's response to them is to say, why are you so worked up about your homemade tradition and you're somehow okay with breaking my tradition, like honor your father and mother, because you guys aren't doing that any, anymore. He's saying that you have these rules set up and yet you're running the temple by money, right? And so you're coming in and you're putting your money on the temple and you care about, the, you think that the money is holy, right? When it's actually the altar that's holy, right? The money isn't holy. It's the altar that makes things holy. And in fact, you've had so much contempt for my law that even in your worship of money, you're okay with letting your parents go hungry in the name of giving to God and the name of, of, of honoring me through these, these traditions when I'm not okay with the fact that your mother and father sleep hungry. And so he says, this is the generation that Isaiah the prophet spoke of saying, this is a generation, these are people who give me lip service, right? They draw near to me with their mouth and they honor me with their lips, but their heart is, in, is far from me and in vain do they worship me. These are, this is a hard saying, right? Of saying that even though you fulfill all these traditions, your worship isn't acceptable to me, right? What you think you're doing to honor me, I don't accept. And so this is easy for us to fall into the trappings of, because we as Orthodox have many traditions, and that's not a, it's not a bad thing. But if we think that we're drawing near to God because we're abstaining till a certain hour, right? Or that um, we come and attend a, a four-hour-long liturgy every Sunday. These are nice offerings. I'm not, I'm not shooting those down. But if we think that this is what's going to save me, but I don't live a life worthy of my orthodoxy or of my Christianity, 
that I'm, I'm far from him. In vain do we worship him. Because, he says, you are teaching as doctrine rules made by men. In other words, that once we start as humans to dogmatize our own thoughts and our own traditions, <laughs> then we've replaced the doctrines of God with the doctrines of men. And so this is why we have to be careful to allow a certain amount of freedom while respecting the dogmas given to God, right? Because when a person is given freedom, a person is able to see what is the thing that comes from the heart, right? Imagine if we were to go to our kids or to our parents or to our spouses and say, I've decided that if you want to show me that you love me, um, then here is the list of things you're going to buy me or you're going to get me. For all you know, if you had left it as a completely free thing, right, the person might have come to you with way more than you asked for, right? Because the person wants to show you how much they value you. They want to show you how much more that you bring. But once we start reducing love, right, to a set of rubrics, when you remove someone's freedom, you remove their ability to love, right? The minute you restrict a person's freedom, you are restricting their ability to love because you're showing here's the only way in which you can choose to show me what you value. And so our Lord says to them, I want you to pay attention that it's not, it's not the words, right? It's not the random actions. It's your free will offering, okay? It is what you bring to me. Because if you think that your fasting means something, he gets even... I don't even, it's not vulgar, but he becomes very literal here and says, whatever you eat is going to come in, it's going to go to the dunk hill. You're going to go to the bathroom, right? Is, is literally what he's saying. And he goes, so if this is the thing that you think sanctifies you, well, it doesn't, right? This is all going to come out. But what I say and what I do of my own free will, this is the reflection of what is in my heart, right? Because if you think about what you think about, when there's nobody around you, when your cell phones are off, okay? And usually this is where we struggle when it comes time to pray, right? When you turn everything up to pray and you're trying to find something to say to God, and what do you find? You find the morning's news, you find the laundry, you find the conflict you had at work or at home with your family, right? You find the, the things you want to get done before the week is done, whether the news that you are following why? These are the things that you filled your heart with, right? If these are the things with which we fill our heart, these are going to be the things that come off our lips. If all that we put into our heart is something far from love, then all that's going to come out is something far from love. But if instead the heart is filled with good, then our free will offering will also be filled with good. May God grant us all to follow the doctrines of God so that the doctrines of men become subject to his laws above all. And glory be to our God forever and ever. Amen. We want to thank you so much for listening to St. Basil's podcast. We hope that you have gained spiritually from our remarkable speakers and we appreciate your support towards this podcast. St. Basil American Coptic Orthodox Church is looking to purchase a home and we would love for you to be a part of our community. We are looking to raise funds towards this novel mission, Orthodoxy in an American Context, within the San Diego area. You may donate online through our website, 
www.stbasil.net. That's www.stbasil.net. Or click on the link below and it will take you to our donations page. You may also mail in your contribution at the address located on our website. We thank you for any contribution and may our Lord Jesus Christ always bless your heart and home.